Thank you for listening to BLC Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. Brought to you by Grant Clifton. For more podcasts, news, and other events, please visit breakthroughlife.co.za. Sanbonani. That's what they say in KZN. You know, in Zulu, I, and I stay in Zululand, which is, that's the, the region where I stay. It's called Zululand. And it's, uh, it's so nice to be here. Who watched the rugby? Oh, good. I was thinking this week we should probably start an intercession team against box kicks. Um, that, that might be good, especially next week against Wales. Uh, but we won, like Nas said. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't pretty, but we won. <laughs> so that's good. Uh, as as uh, Daryl was saying, we moved about three and a half months ago down back to, to KZN where I grew up and it's going well. I'm going to tell you guys some good news stories because I just like sharing testimonies because if we share testimonies, the, the meaning of testimony means that he can do it again. So I love to share things that God is doing. And uh, I mean, firstly, it's, it's quite a wild place where we are. I mean, it's like wild country out there. We have, have you guys ever seen on YouTube or on Facebook the video of the hippo walking through the main road, on the main road? Have you seen that video on Facebook? That's our town. We have hippos walking across our main road. We have crocodiles walking across our main road. In fact, our neighbor who lives across the road from us has a crocodile in their backyard. Like legit, not lying, it's true. If you come visit me, I'll show you. And uh, so they have like this downhill in their backyard, which goes into the swamp. Uh, and every now and again, they call us to say, hey, come look at the croc. So we go, go across to their house and then we look at the croc. It's the same house where our kids go for swimming lessons. It's not the same pool or body of water, so don't worry. They ha- actually have had that croc in their pool before. Uh, when it floods, but uh, not when the kids come for swimming, so it's okay. Uh, so that's where we're living. It's, it's uh, quite hot. It's nice to be up here for the cooler weather. Just joking. Um, it's hot there. It's humid there. My clothes almost never dry. It takes forever for things to dry. I have to have a dehumidifier in my cupboard to keep my clothes from like getting miff. Even my leather shoes. I, I went and looked in the cupboard the other day. There's a pair of my shoes that's grown like fur. From the miff, it's like my leather shoes have like become like little Furbies, you know. <laughs> but it's good. God is on the move and he's doing awesome things. And we can see why he, he wants us to be there, which we're really excited about. And what's so cool for me with our church, it's the first time in like the history of our church that the leadership transfer is happening in blessing which is totally awesome for us, you know. Um, previously, our church was really in a revival culture and the, the pastor left because of sin. The next pastor came and he also left because of sin. <laughs> and uh, it's so awesome to see how God has built things up and we're taking, we're taking the leadership and blessing, which is so exciting for us. And we're seeing how God is, is opening wells once again of revival. That's why we went, because we believe it's meant for revival just like here's meant for revival. I actually think everywhere is meant for revival (laughs) because revival is really dependent on hearts that are hungry for him. I mean, there's enough prophecy on this earth for like revival to happen everywhere. I think it's got a, a fair bit to do with hearts that are hungry. 
And uh, so just like here, we hope for a mighty move of God and we see awesome things. It's the same there. We trust Him for a mighty move of His Spirit. And uh, so I wanna, share, I wanna start off with sharing a few good news stories. Is that okay? So uh, let me start with this one. So uh, a couple of weeks ago, we had prayer, just like what we have here. And a guy came up and he had a, he's had a shin injury for quite a few months. And he's a sportsman, he loves running, and he couldn't do it because of this injury. So we got a guy to pray for him who like never prays for sick people. It's like, you know, just that's not his thing. So he lays hands on him and pray, prays for him. The week later, the, that guy who was prayed for comes to me and says, listen, I'm healed. <laughs> He says it's gone. I can run again, and now he's training for uh, the grand, for master the grandmaster sprinter things. You know the guys over forty who sprint. He's doing that, just completely healed. Isn't that awesome? Can we say thank you, Jesus? So another service, Bernice decided to call up uh, call out a few words of knowledge, and uh, she called out someone's right toe, their right foot, their big toe. And that's like a random thing. So this person came up for prayer. But you know what was totally awesome? The next week I heard it was a lady. She, she was like speaking to her friends and she said, it was my toe. I can't believe it. God called out my toe. And she was like blown away that someone would call out a, a sore right toe. And we, you know, the thing is when you grow up in a culture or when you're accustomed to a culture of like words of knowledge, you can become familiar with it. I want to encourage you and say, never become familiar with the supernatural. The biggest mistake people made in, in the New Testament when Jesus went home is they were familiar with him. And the Bible says he didn't do many miracles there because everyone became familiar. So it's so cool to see in the environment where we're in, like people are like, wow, big toe, woo. Remember how it was for you? The first time you, you heard a word of knowledge and it was for you? That's what it's like for some people, which is really fun. We had another thing that, that uh, we are busy pioneering at our school. We have a school at our church. It's part of the church. It's a Christian school of about 600 odd children from preschool to matric. And we are, are busy working on integrating this family ministry called FFI into our school. And it's, it's kind of like sozo, kind of like family, you know, position, positioning kids for blessing, raising your kids godly, you know, that sort of thing. And uh, we decided we are gonna launch it in our preschool and we've got like a whole bunch of families, like unsaved, unchurched, and it's really an outreach thing. And so what we're doing from next year is we're starting these courses, teaching parents how to bless their children. And we're using that principle as an evangelism tool. So we're teaching like Hindu families, Muslim families, how to bless their children in the ways of God, which we're so excited about. So what we did is we had a training time with our teachers where we facilitated what a, what a facilitation kind of looks like. So one of us would lead and they would come and sit and we'd show them how we facilitate the Holy Spirit ministering to people. And in this group, this one, this one teacher said, we sit there and we say, Holy Spirit, just show us where we were shamed if you wanna set us free. And this teacher says, oh, I remember when I was young, you know, my dad died when I was young and how mom, I tried to open a can and my mom said, oh, you, you, if you can't do that, you'll never be a man. And he remembered this thing. And right there and then we said, okay, well, Holy Spirit, speak to him. And the Holy Spirit set him free. Just in this corporate gathering of teachers, it was so awesome to see. The next teacher, she's like, oh, I remember this one thing happened and I feel so guilty for it, like it's my fault. And the Holy Spirit just came and set her free. 
and not in a church situation, in a school situation, which is so exciting. So can we just say thank you, Jesus? That's awesome. Another one, uh, two weeks ago, this one friend of ours, she had uh, hectic doctor's bills that she had to pay because of some medical things she's been going through. And so she asked my wife and a friend to pray for her. So they just prayed for her and they declared she's gonna be the receiver of good news. The next day she went to the doctor to pay her bill. And the doctor said, no, we've waived your bill. Isn't that awesome? And the next day after that, they received double what they owed. Isn't that so cool? So come on, who here has bills? <laughs> if you have a bull, raise your hand. So Father, just as we've seen you, just wipe out someone's bull and give them double what they owe. I just release the power of that testimony right now in Jesus' name. Amen. I'll just keep going. So we the, the one service that we had, we had this elderly lady, she's been visiting our church quite long. Well, long before I came, so it's quite long, I think. And um, this woman, she would come to church but never really knew God. And if you're here, at a, if you, you know, it's good still to come to church if you don't know God. If you are here and you don't know God, you're in the right place <laughs> because you'll experience Him here, definitely. So keep coming if you feel like that. So this lady was just sitting in church the one day and she all of a sudden started getting emotional and crying and things like that, trying to hide it so that no one could see. And I didn't even know, I found out afterwards. And so she went home and something happened with her and her spirit came alive. And she, and she after many, many years of just attending church, something happened and she started knowing God for the first time. So she wrote her testimony. It's really long, so I'll get to the end of it. She wrote it because she's, she's too tearful to share it herself. <laughs> so she wrote it and she asked her son to share it in church because she knew she would cry too much when she shared it. And uh, so she, she wrote this testimony. She says, she says, uh, she spoke of how she just couldn't stop crying. And she said, most of all, I cried and cried and cried for not trusting Jesus, for not surrendering to Jesus, for not believing in Jesus totally, for not realizing that Jesus is in control, for blaming him for everything that went wrong in my life. The parable of the lost sheep is about a shepherd who leaves the flock of 99 in order to find the one which was lost. I cried and I cried because I was the one that was lost, but Jesus had never forsaken me. My trials and my tribulation were nothing compared to what Father God had went through. And she goes on, and, and then at the, last, at the last bit, she says this. This past week was very strange for me. I was trying to convince myself that all the crying was because I was being emotional. She says, but during the week, all I wanted to do was seek Jesus. Jesus has become the center of my life. Isn't that awesome? I don't know about you, but that's why I go to church, to see things like that happen, to see someone who was far off brought near. That's why we come, because he wants to bring all those who are far off near. Even if you're here and you feel far off, just know he wants to bring you near. 
So I love sharing these good news stories. I always get emotional when I do. And it sounds all great, you know, I can go on, there's a lot more good news stories. But you know, and amongst all the good things, there's also not good things. Because we're in like this place where we're pioneering new stuff, you know, going after revival, pressing into new things of God. And I want to speak a little bit about being a pioneering people. And we're in this environment where we're pushing in for new things, just like here. You know, and it reminds me of those icebreaker ships. Have you ever seen them on like National Geographic? They, the, when, when something's stuck in the ice, they send in the icebreaker. <laughs> and the icebreaker kind of pioneers this way through the ice by breaking through. And I realized it's one tough ship. <laughs> yeah, and if you want to be a pioneer, you've got to be one tough ship. <laughs> you've got to be prepared to break through things. And so in amongst all of these good news stories that I'm sharing, there's tough stuff too. And I think that's kind of what happens when you're a pioneer. You keep pushing for new things. You keep breaking into new territory, but that's not always the easiest place to be. And I think some of us here are pioneers. And to us, BLC has pioneered many things, even for us. Can I tell you guys how our services run? Let me quickly tell you. So our services back home, we run like this. We kind of, we start with someone kind of launching us into worship. Then we have worship. Then we kind of have someone transition worship. And then we have like kind of announcements and stuff like that to take up the offering. And then we, you know, we pray for the nation. And then we have a sermon. And then after the sermon, we have people come up and pray for the sick and, you know, and minister like our connect group leaders. Does it sound familiar? It should. You see, because when you pioneer things, you make a way for others. Siri just started listening to me. That's crazy. (laughs) When you pioneer things, you make a way for others. And so I want to say thank you, BLC, for pioneering a way for us, for for pioneering a way of going after God's presence, of worshiping God beyond convenience. That's what we're doing. And in the same way, we are pioneering new things as well. So we also have this thing on the first Sunday of every month, we have a thing called a shared lunch. You heard of it? We also have this thing called a welcoming tea, where we welcome our new visitors. We learned it all from here. So thank you. You guys pioneer away. And I want to say sometimes pioneering isn't always that easy. So open your Bibles real quick to Galatians chapter 6. Or tap your Bibles, you know, whatever. So Galatians was written in about 1849, 18 AD. What am I saying? Come on. <laughs> it's a new one. It's recently published, a top, top, you know, yeah, top seller. No, it was written in AD 49, and it's either Paul's first or second book that he wrote, or letter. It's between 1 Thessalonians and Galatians. The theologians like argue about it. But the point I want to make is that it was one of Paul's earliest letters that he wrote. And he was writing it into like a real pioneering sort of time. You know, new things happening, this new church being birthed. And into this whole thing, new things are happening the whole time. Kind of similar to what we're in today. 
New things are happening the whole time. And so what was happening there is a bunch of Jews were getting saved and there was this really strict group of Jews called Judaizers. And they decided to say that all the Gentiles who were being saved had to start acting like Jews. And you know, they have to get circumcised and all of that sort of thing. And they started making the, the Gentile Christians submit to Jewish law. And Paul was like way anti this because he was the guy who really had the revelation that Jesus is for all people. So just turn to the person next to you and say, that's really good news. Because it, it's relevant to every one of us here, unless you're a Jew, which is also cool too, you know, because you can be a Jewish Christian too. But if you're not Jewish, the revelation that Paul brought to the church is really important. He speaks about it in Ephesians and he says, God has given me this mystery. And he speaks of this mystery of reconciling all people to God. That includes you and me. That's like awesome stuff. So Paul addresses the stuff in Galatians. And at the start of Galatians, he kind of speaks about the controversy. Then he kind of addresses it. He speaks about how he had to address Peter and get all upset with him. And that was a hectic thing. Then he lays a foundation. Then by about Galatians 5, he builds his case. And he says, okay, this is what it looks like. You know, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience. And he explains what life in the Spirit is all about. And he says, listen, guys, it's for freedom that you were set free. In Galatians 5 verse 1. And he explains all about the Spirit life and how we must be free of the law. And then in that environment... He gives these guys some things to do, which I'm gonna to read to you now. And I wanna put it to you like this. I think the information that Paul gives in Galatians 6 is relevant to us today, right now, because we're in the same environment, you know? We're in the same environment as a church, as a people who serve God, where we've constantly gotta navigate between that heresy and that heresy and get to the truth and we face things against us. And often when you're a pioneer, you know, it says in Afrikaans, you've gotta go against things. You sometimes have to be against the current and sometimes it's not that easy. So into this environment, Paul speaks and I wanna read it for you. Galatians 6, I'll read the whole thing. It says, brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently, but watch yourself or you yourself may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks there's something when they're not, they deceive themselves. Each one should test his own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. For each one should carry their own load. Nevertheless, the one who receives instruction in the word should share all good things with their instructor. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. And whoever sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. So let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. See what large letters I use as I write you with my own hand. So what happens is at the end of a lot of letters, the guy speaking it would take over from the secretary 
And he would write it himself. That's what Paul's busy doing. And he sums up the main things. He says, those who want to impress people by means of the flesh are trying to compel you to be circumcised. The only reason they do this is to avoid being persecuted for the cross of Christ. Not even those who are circumcised keep the law. Yet they want you to be circumcised that they may boast about their circumcision in the flesh. May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything. What counts is the new creation. Oh, that's so cool. Peace and mercy be to all who follow this rule, to the Israel of God. Mm. When he said that, he offended a lot of people. From now on, let no one cause me trouble, for I bear in my body the marks of Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Be with your spirit, brothers and sisters. Amen. And everyone said, Amen. So Paul writes this letter, at the, writes or finishes off this letter, and he explains what we need to do as a people. And what's so interesting, if you look at verse 1 to 10, he keeps on speaking about what I need to do and what we need to do, and what I need to do, and what we need to do, and what I need to do, and what we need to do. You see, he keeps on speaking about the individual and the corporate, the individual and the corporate in, these, in the first 10 verses. You know why? Because it's about you before God, and it's about us holding each other before God. That's why Matthew 6 says, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. It's not my Father, it's our Father. We are His people. It's not me alone before Jesus. He's our Father. So the first thing He says, the corporate thing, He says, if anyone is caught in sin, in verse one, restore him gently. Wow, so He's just spoken about this massive heresy. And then He says, so if anyone's caught in sin, restore him gently. Because you, you know what picture that gives me? It gives me a picture of a family who, who tries to save its people who look after the broken, who want to restore them gently. I know some people who are very critical of church. One of the, the, their biggest guns or bullets that they use is they say, you know, the Christians are the only army that shoot their wounded. Have you heard that before? I say, no, no, this is what the Christians are like. We restore those who are in sin gently. That's what we're like. You might have been offended by someone in the name of God. Sorry, they didn't represent his name. But this is the real deal. So it speaks of a corporate family trying to bring people to restoration. But then to the individual in verse 1, it says, but watch yourself. So it says, okay, help people, but watch yourself that you don't get tempted as well. Then it goes on. Back to corporate, verse two, carry each other's burdens and in this way you fulfill the law of Christ. So it's about being a people who carry one another in tough times as well. Carry one another's burdens. So like I was saying earlier, I shared with you a bunch of good news stories. There's a lot of fun stuff happening. I guess if you look around here, you will know there are a lot of fun things happening. God's doing awesome things here. Hey, I wanna tell you, if you're in this church, you're in the right place. I can say that now because I'm like, uh, you know, kind of half on staff, you know? 
So I can tell you, you're in the right place. If I lived in Joburg, this is where I'd totally be because he's doing awesome things here. Amen? And so just like, like here, we, I, I told you some fun stories, awesome things that God has done. But you know what? In amongst all of that, there's the not good stuff too. So the one day with our school, because we're very involved with our school as well, I do a staff devotion with them once, once a week. Uh, Bernice, my wife, leads the prayer meeting every Thursday where we, the teachers meet and pray for the children and minister to the, and pray that God's gonna impact them. And we do a lot of, we really intentionally try to be a Christian school, not just by name. And uh, the Thursday we were gonna have a prayer meet, uh, meet for our prayer meeting. I received the news that one of our 11-year-old schoolboys had died un, of unnatural causes. And I'm standing there and I'm thinking, God, here we are pursuing revival, going after all the good things, you know? We're seeing change happening. We're seeing miracles take place. And somehow this happens. And I'm like, you know, our, our headmistress, she was like, Holy, the further we had to work through, why did we miss you on this, Holy Spirit? If we had tuned enough, wouldn't we have been able to hear a warning on, on something like this? And I had to go into the meeting on that Thursday and be there as we told our staff that one of our boys had died. And I saw how our staff wept at the loss of this life. And so Bernice and I went, uh, I think it was the next day or a day or two after, we went to the morgue with permission of the family and we went and worshiped over him. We sang over that body. We sang Waymaker, Miracle Worker, Promise Keeper. That is what you are. You are here working miracles, bringing dead things to life. We sang over him and he didn't come back. But we're not gonna stop singing. So in all of this, it's like, why is there this contradiction, you know? And I wanna tell you in those times, that's when we carry one another's burdens. That's what we had to do. We had to carry the burdens of our staff who were broken. We had to minister to grade six pupils about this terrible thing. But that's what it's about. It's about in this pioneering environment, sometimes we need to carry one another's burdens. But what's crazy is the next part it turns to the individual. It says each one should test his own actions and carry his own load. <laughs> so the one part says, carry each other's burdens. The same verse says, but carry your own load too. I was like, that sounds like a contradiction. But what it really is, is it's a beautiful picture of how family comes together. Because some, we all have a load to carry, but sometimes there's a load that's too big for you to carry. And that's why you're here. 
That's why we have family. That's why we have church. That's why we have connect groups. That's why we get together. Because in that environment, we carry our own load and we carry each other's burdens. I want to say if you're a pioneer, you need people around you like that. Amen? And then again, it goes corporate. It says, share good things with your instructors, which speaks of this culture of sharing. But then it gets individual again and says, don't be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Brings it back to the individual. And then it goes corporate again in verse 10, where he says, do good to all people, especially to those in the body of Christ. It's just this beautiful picture of what family does. So how many pioneers do we have in the house? I want you to know sometimes it's not easy. But gather around a family who will be there for you. Just like what it says in Galatians. And in the last part, from verse 11 to 18, I want to read it to you again. And then we're going to bring it in. See with what large letters I use as I write with my own hand. Those who want to impress people by means of the flesh are trying to compel you to be circumcised. The only reason they do this is to avoid being persecuted for the cross of Christ. Not even those who are circumcised keep the law. Yet they want you to be circumcised that they may boast about your circumcision in the flesh. May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been circumcised to me and I to the world. Neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything. What counts is the new creation. Peace and mercy to all who follow this rule, to the Israel of God. So from now on, let no one cause me trouble, for I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, brothers and sisters, amen. So to close it all out, Paul contrasts these two things or these two sides. He contrasts basically serving God from a place of convenience, from a place of fear of man and from from a place of pride. And I mean, he says, these guys want you to be circumcised just so that you won't be persecuted for the cross. That's what he says. And then he says on the opposite, listen, if you wanna know, I've been crucified to the world and the world to me. So he's saying there's this whole culture of serving God just for convenience so that it's an outward show. And then he says the other side, he says, listen, none of this matters except the new creation. I mean, he hits it home really hard. And he really preaches, I guess, what we call an unpopular gospel. He's saying, hey guys, um, if you serve Jesus, you might, be, you might go through hard times. I'm sorry, I don't have the most fantastic news. Unfortunately, Jesus said that too. <laughs> you will have the most awesome life with him. But we've got to realize sometimes it won't be easy. And he finishes it it off with, from now on, let no one cause me trouble for I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. What does that mean? I wanna read to you from a commentary about it. 
It says, after the benediction on all believers, Paul adds a warning directed against those who have been causing trouble to the churches. Paul takes, a, Paul takes the attack on the churches very personally and gives the basis of authority for stopping their attack. He says, let no one cause me trouble for I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. These marks on Paul's body were the scars caused by his suffering as an apostle of Christ. These marks demonstrated his unswerving loyalty to the gospel of Christ. While false teachers were preoccupied with the marks left from the ritual of circumcision, Paul drew attention to the marks left by the reality of serving Christ. Such a proof of devotion to Christ should silence all critics. When he says, I bear on my body the marks of Jesus, he's literally talking about the scars that he has on his body from serving God. It says in Acts 9 verse 16, when he was being called, God said to Ananias, I will show Paul how much he must suffer for me. Yo, <laughs> that's the greatest, that's the great apostolic calling. Paul, you're gonna suffer. We don't sound very excited about this, guys. <laughs> I wanna read the Amplified. He says, from now on, let no one trouble me by making it necessary for me to justify my authority as an apostle and the absolute truth of the gospel. For my, I bear on my body the branding marks of Jesus, the wounds, scars, and other outward evidence of persecutions. These testify to his ownership of me. It's so crazy to think that Paul said, listen guys, you really wanna see if I carry authority. This is how you're gonna know. Look at the scars I have. Look at the things I've gone through to follow Jesus. And I wanted to, to end off with this verse because I felt for some of us, it's, it's, it's prophetic in what some of us have gone through. Where God calls us to pioneer things and it's not always that easy. So I wanna ask you, if there's anyone here tonight and you're feeling like, like you're a little battle weary, then I want you to stand. If there's anybody who's honest enough to say that, I want you to stand. And all I want us to do tonight is I want us to do what it says earlier in that, ver in that chapter. He says, carry one another's burdens and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. So everyone who's sitting here tonight, I want you to look around and look at the family around you. And I want you to go and make sure that there's at least one of us with every single person who's standing. Real quick, everyone, go and find yourself someone. If you haven't got anyone, you can just raise your hand. Great, we still got two more here. There we go. Good, sorted. I wanna ask those people who are around you, will you just bless that friend? 
and just pray that the strength of God will come upon them and the grace to pioneer through and to keep facing that wind from the front will be upon them. And pray the goodness of God over your friend right now. And then after that, I'm going to pray for us. Come, let's pray. Yes, Father God. Father, I pray that you fill us with courage. Fill us with courage right now, God. And I want to read this psalm over you guys. It says, O Lord, how my adversaries have increased. Many are rising up against me. Many are saying of my soul, there is no deliverance for him in God. But you, O Lord, are a shield about me, my glory and the one who lifts my head. I was crying to the Lord with my voice, and he answered me from his holy mountain. I lay down and slept. I awoke, for the Lord sustains me. I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people who have set themselves against me round about me. Arise, O Lord. Save me, O God, for you have smitten all my enemies on the cheek. You have shattered the teeth of the wicked. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Your blessing be upon your people. So Father, I thank you just as it says in the Psalms. It says, we cried out to you and you gave us sleep. We slept and we awoke. So Father, I pray for a peace to rest upon us and a new courage to rise up as a people who pioneer things, as a people who press in for new things in the Spirit, as a people who, who want to lay hold of the new and the more and stay hungry for you, God. Help us, God, in that tension to stay so close to you, God, to carry one another's burdens and in this way fulfill the law of Christ. We honor you, God. In Jesus' name, amen.